so much of our life, what we think about, or at least that I think about, is sort of maximizing my um, efficiency and performance and all of those kind of things. But um, lately, I've been going back to some thoughts from uh, many, many years ago um, and thinking about minimizing my ecological impact um, and thinking about, you know, how do you actually do that? It's it's not as easy as one actually thinks uh, in terms of minimizing your ecological impact. So, for example, minimizing, um, you know, what am I talking about? Is looking at, you know, how much that you actually consume of the Earth's resources. Because there are a lot of resources that we just simply do consume and we don't never have them come back. And then um, how to minimize that particular impact that there is, that you actually have when you consume these particular resources or put, um, you know, emissions from, from yourself out into the um out, out into the earth because we all individually do that and the problem is we have so many people um, that you know we're reaching a point where it is putting a tremendous amount of stress on the earth and we have to figure out how to minimize that and I want to talk about that today so if you don't know me I am Professor Dave Masak I'm Associate Professor of Innovation Strategy and Entrepreneurship I created this whole reciprocity project to give back as much as I possibly can. There's so many people that help me out that I wanted to pay the favor forward and help you out. So it's it's generally not as straightforward as what people think, right? In terms of consuming less, um, and you know, uh, some of the things that we might sort of consume or do differently is. Um, changes has unintended consequences in other areas so what are unintended consequences it's like something that you don't think about um that has a negative effect in other areas so for example with energy consumption you know we might look at ways to consume our energy but if we can get energy efficiencies in some areas then what we end up doing behaviorally is actually consuming more energy because um, it's cheaper, right? Or it's more efficient. So we end up consuming a lot more energy. And then that can end up being worse for what we're, you know, what we're doing. So, for example, um, you know, maybe it is less expensive or it's more efficient to, to, to have... Um, refrigerators these days right so what a lot of people have now is two refrigerators in their um in their house because it's more efficient than um they used to be used to be really expensive at one point to have a refrigerator but because we've gained efficiencies then they're less expensive so now people have two refrigerators um and we have to figure out how to do manage all of this um, in such a way that, you know, we we have the least amount of impact. Now, the problem is, is as we become more, um, you know, wealthy, as as 
individuals across the board, right? Um, so wealthy being like not just me, for example, it's just like everybody, right? That is, uh, everybody becomes more wealthy, then it becomes, we become more energy intensive, right? And it doesn't matter how many people, you know, where, where you are, if you're uh, sort of at the bottom rung of of the wealth scale or the top um, rung of the wealth scale, we start to consume a lot more resources and become more energy intensive, right? The tendency of somebody that has ultra wealth is to get big yachts. Um, and that is very energy intensive. So we have to figure out how to manage a lot of these things. You know, a lot of this is just human desires that we have, right? But our human desires to consume, um, it, 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 it goes, if lots of people have that, as we get more and more wealthy, the more of an impact that we have on Earth. And so we have to figure out ways that consume the least amount of energy and resources as possible to improve the efficiency of all of these individual desires. And it's a really hard problem um, to, to do these kind of things. So the thing that I've been thinking about is it's not just about, you know, that the, there's sort of this minimalist um, um, consumption pattern or minimalist culture, which is great. And I, I think that's, that's wonderful that people are, are sort of not um, thinking about consumption and minimizing the amount of consumption that they have. But that sort of small segment of society has been around for a very long time in different ways. Um, and we have to think about on a broader scale, how do we actually reduce the impact um, and the challenge is that I don't think on a macro scale, so on a government scale, for example, um, policy works actually pretty good, but it's hard to get people to agree on policy and sort of get governmental action. It's very hard to get that. Some countries can do that um, on a macro scale, but many countries can't. I mean, America is one of them that has a hard time with that just because of the whole political structure. Um, and so we have to figure out how to get around this from, in my view, from a, a technology and an innovation perspective, simply because all of these other perspectives are just really hard to do. Um, but, you know, the challenge again is that if we make the technology and, um, or the innovation that better, so it becomes more efficient, is people consume that a lot more. Um, so we have to figure out how to just better match human desire um, in a way that minimizes the ecological impact that we have. And that is a really, really hard problem. So, for example, um, you know, for example, thinking about um, battery-powered cars, for example. Good morning. Thinking about battery-powered cars 
it's not necessarily that it's a, it's a great idea to have um, everybody driving around in battery-powered cars um, because there's going to be another impact in, in another area based on the, um, you know, the battery packs that are there, right? Like the lithium ions. It's going to be a really hard problem eventually to mine that stuff. Um, and we have to think about, you know, where do we get these rare resources or where does this come from? Um, now that minimizes the sort of diffuse effects of pollution. And I think that is a better way to think about some of this stuff is to know that we actually have impacts and, you know, it's messy um, but thinking about how do we have less of a diffuse impact um, in general, right? So going from things that are just spread across a large area, like air pollution, for example, to where we minimize it to a single point source, or we have much more condensed, um, you know, sources of, of pollution, and if we have that, I think that's going to minimize some of the impact. Now, here's, here's, uh, so, so, the, but that's where we have to think about these, these externalities that we get, right? These negative externalities, you might have heard of that, where um, they're just diffuse. So you have costs that, that society bears and individuals actually don't bear. Um, and so, with, you know, I'm thinking about mining versus air pollution with uh, batteries. Um, so eventually the mining is going to run into, we're going to run into some sort of tense issues because, um, you know, there's only a certain number of places that you can get lithium, for example. And so we have to, um, you know, build relations with countries that have that and, you know, have a lot of... Um, complex relationships that way but that is easier to deal with and that's an easier problem than having diffuse air um, air pollution and large amounts of co2 emissions in the world um, that is hard to to remove now what we also need with the co2 emissions for example is systems that actually take that out of the air. You know, one of the best ones being trees, but humans being humans, we like to cut down trees. So perhaps we need to think about some sort of technology that removes CO2 emissions much more efficiently and effectively um, than what we're doing. Now, the challenge with, you know, some of these things, so the challenge with mining oil and gas for example i don't think it's necessarily co2 emissions is the big issue um it, it i mean it is an issue but and, it, and it's the one that's most pertinent right now that that is a big issue but the bigger issue is that we're consuming this resource that we'll never get back um so once you consume that resource that's millions and millions of years old it's going to take many many millions of years before we actually get that resource back again and that might not be possible given consumption patterns that we actually have as humans right now so we have to think about 
how do we consume, how do we actually create a system, um, not only that is sort of less diffuse, has a less diffuse impact, but also has, um, I think they call it, this The story is sort of cradle-to-cradle, sort of end-to-end um, systems that, or, or product cycles that, as it's being consumed, um, it can be reconsumed in the future very efficiently and effectively. And all of this is really hard to do. Um, there's not a real straight answer with any of it that we have to have. Think about our energy consumption, thinking about, you know, how do we minimize the impact um, in various different ways. All of it, it's a really tricky problem. And we're sort of facing human desires um, and also sort of the political structure that, um, that, that sort of minimizes all of these problems. Um, and so now we've got to figure out what is the solution there. So the solution, I think, is to have to train young entrepreneurs that, first of all, believe in these problems and understand that there's these problems that actually exist, which they do, as far as I can, as far as I know, the evidence is pretty strong, um, and think very deeply about how to solve some of these issues. Now, having battery-powered cars is one solution, um, but there is a lot of other solutions that we we need to include as well to solve some of these larger problems. And we just need, in my view, we need more entrepreneurs that are willing to take large risks and sort of stand up for something and keep pursuing that particular thing. And it's hard to do. But um, given that we've got enough wealth in this world that um, there is a lot of excess wealth in this world that we can hopefully get people to do more adventurous things. Like, and I hate to to use this example, but I think he's done a very good job with this, um, is like what Elon Musk has done or what Bill Gates has done, where they have built a tremendous amount of wealth and they've thought about these bigger problems. And I think, you know, that is one perspective. And we can use a lot of people like that, that are willing to do that. Um, but we also need um, a large number of people that are willing to stand up and take a risk on some sort of innovation or entrepreneurship that creates greater efficiencies and creates and solves these broader problems that we actually have. Um, And none of them are easy to do. But I think if we actually try, so here's the thing. If we simply say that it's hard to do, we can't do these things, there's no straight answer, nobody's ever going to pursue these things. But if we get people to actually try and to pursue these things, then we actually make a difference because 
if there's not one person that's trying, there's many people that are actually trying when you're doing that. So encouraging people, as many people trying to solve this problem as possible and come up with unique and, uh, solutions, I think it's the way that we're actually going to get through this problem. These larger problems that we actually have before, um, you know, the natural population of Earth starts to decline. So, um, by the way, um, from what I understand, the population of Earth will decline at some point, um, naturally, because we are only having so many babies. As we become more wealthier, we have less and less babies. Um, so as more and more countries come online, uh, we're going to have less and less babies. So, but that's a long ways out. We're talking a lot, a long, long distance. And by the time that we actually get to that point where the stress starts to decline, um, we're going to need some really important tools and really novel tools to solve some of these issues on a broader sense. And now, you know, this is how you actually solve these large problems. So you don't have an individual person. You don't have, you know, one team sort of solving the problems. It's a collective action of many, many, many people across the board. Um, all sort of fighting these larger problems that we actually have. So um, with that, that's where I want to leave. So I think you have tremendous opportunities to solve these larger problems and you have to pursue them but you have to have the courage to actually pursue them and ignore the rest of the world that's telling you that they don't exist or um, they're not a problem or you can't do it. Just, just keep pursuing these large, important problems and good things will happen. All right, take care and have a wonderful day.